Santos's kick is lined up. That kick is good. He got it. To announce the Kansas City Chiefs selection. Welcome from Auburn University, fullback Tony Richardson. With the 37th pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Chris Jones, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? You're listening to the Arrowheads Abroad podcast, the official podcast for the internationally recognised supporters club of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can download the show on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the name Arrowheads Abroad. I'm your host, Brad Simcox, and joining me this week are the lads, Tom Childs and Dave Barnett. Um, This week is our 2017 draft special. So for the next hour or so, get yourself comfy because we're going to be giving you our views on the recent crop of college players in the draft and and those that the Chiefs should pick and the ones that they should leave well alone. Uh, But first... But first, the schedule's been released. It's a belter. It's an absolute belter. Purely belter. We open up the new season with the Patriots. Then we finish it with the Broncos. Um, I think if we could have chosen that schedule, I think it would have played out just exactly like that, wouldn't it? What, the second hardest schedule in the NFL? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got... Yeah, the, the... have we got the second half? Of, we've got like four home games towards the end of the season or something. Yeah, four of our last six are at home. So we can't really grumble at that because Arrowhead in December is a nightmare for um, opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's an exciting schedule to say the least, like with all those primetime games and all those 9-25 games for us over here. Um, a lot of late nights for us, so we need to get the coffee yeah. in for sure. Um, a lot of horrible Tuesday mornings and Monday mornings. One of them won't be that late, will it? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, one of them. Which one's that one? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Which one was it, Tom? You didn't... I can't um... remember. So out of the six, out of the six primetime slots, which are going to be the late night ones, there's one that won't be very late, will it? Well, it might be for some people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't be for about 20 or so British Chiefs fans. But I can't, I can't put my finger on why. <laughs> I remember. What's that? We're recording the game and watching it the day after. Yeah, that's nice. That's why. <laughs> We're all coming around my house to have a brew, half past five in the evening, pack of bourbons, and watching the Chiefs play the Redskins. I'll bring the rich tea biscuits. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. Before you mention it, right? Before you mention it, there was there was this kind of window, wasn't there, that we had. Yeah. Of was it was it between week four and week eleven that we had to choose that we were hoping to get to a game? Yeah, originally, as we mentioned in the po- the last podcast, it was going to between be between weeks four and eleven, and then the schedule dropped on Friday morning, and I actually woke up at twenty past two in the morning, like <laughs> with excitement, and um, put, t- turned my phone on because I couldn't ignore it and uh, check the schedule, and then I saw that we had the Redskins a week four, the uh, Steelers are week six and the Broncos in week eight to choose from. And two um, of those were prime time. Yeah, two Monday night games. Um, Unreal. There hasn't been a Monday night game at Arrowhead for three seasons and we have the choice of two all of a sudden. Um, for those of you that have been 
abducted by aliens for the last few days and hadn't seen this at all. Um, we're going to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Washington Redskins game of week four at Arrowhead Stadium. And to be honest, I'm absolutely delighted with the fact that we're going to that game. It's going to be in Arrowhead in early October when the weather's still nice. Everyone's optimistic. Everyone will be in their red. There won't be any coats anywhere to ruin the view of Arrowhead Stadium. It will be pure red. And it will be loud and it will be incredible. I really be lit up as well, won't yeah, it? Yeah, Arrowhead under the lights is a different animal. On I Monday night wait. football. Yeah, Monday night has the best intro of all of the primetime games, without a doubt. Especially the Sunday night game, because I hate that Sunday night intro. But we won't get you? to see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sunday night! Oh, winds me up. <laughs> <laughs> it really winds me up. Especially when they do it on a Thursday. That winds me up even more, but we won't go into that. Um, yeah. There's loads of stuff to do on the trip, though, isn't there? Um, there's, it's going to be loaded. Where The Friday, Saturday and Sunday before the game there are free Royals games so there will be an opportunity for us to go to at least one game um, as an extra on the trip but yeah so you've got Royals games we're going to do a barbecue tour we're going to do an Arrowhead Stadium tour we're going to tailgate, we're going to watch the Chiefs we're going to drink some beer, we're going to meet some new friends, we're going to meet some old friends we're going to watch some more football it is going to be the best four or five days of your life I guarantee it other than that game, right? Other than that week four Redskins game, is there any particular game that we're looking forward to? No. I honestly think this is this season now has become similar to the 2000... Just the Redskins. Well, it's, it's <laughs> almost similar to the 2015 season for me now, where um, we had the schedule come out for the 2015, but we already knew what game we were looking forward to, and that was the London game. And the whole yeah. season for me become about the London game. Um I'm on such a high now with the Redskins and the fact that we're going that I've kind of got tunnel vision and all I'm looking at is week four and forget the fact the fact that we've got to play the Patriots three weeks before that on opening night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, Patriots, current Super Bowl champions. Um, and the Chiefs are playing them first. Andy Reid off a bye. Can we rock the board? <laughs> Why not? Like- yeah. This, we've taken some stick for um, from some certain NFL pundits or analysts, as it were, uh, for having this game. And we being always do. But, yeah, because a lot of people see us as a boring team, but we've clearly had more exciting games last season than any other team in the NFL, hence why we're on primetime six games this year. Mm. Um, we can certainly upset the Patriots week one. Andy Reader for bye is phenomenal. He's got 32 bye weeks this time, so why not? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the main defining moment for the, the Chiefs season is actually going to be between weeks six to nine because there's some pretty tasty games uh, in, in those weeks, isn't there? There's, um, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the Steelers first, then it's the Broncos, is it? Or is it the Raiders for next, after that? It's the Raiders. Raiders and then Broncos and then Cowboys. And then we have a bye week. So... That for me is going to be a really testing time in the season for that. What do you think? Yeah, is that the worst part? It's a horrible stretch. It's an absolutely horrible yeah. stretch. Yeah, worst um, part of the season, I think. But it's one of those. Come out with it, that with two wins. Well, that's the thing. It's one of those. It it looks horrible on paper, but if you can get three wins out of that stretch, it's got to give you, you know, a hell of a lot of momentum going into the the end of the season. 
You know, that'd be mm. such a, a a morale boost. So, it, yeah, it it looks horrible, but if we can make the most of it, it could be a, a big boost for our season, for sure. Dave, you might get your decider against the Broncos. No, I don't think I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> well, ruin their season and project ours. No, it's too much pressure. I don't. I don't deal well with it. <laughs> Last year's game was bad enough. I can't. I can't deal with something like that two years on the trot. How do you guys feel about the fact that we've got five? Obviously, we've got the Redskins game, which we're going to. But in general, British fans have got six late night games this year. Six. It's a lot. It's an awful it is a lot. lot. Uh, it is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of half awake Monday mornings in work. I'll say that much. Especially when we're already using our holidays up for the uh, for the trip. Yeah, for our American listeners, they start at one thirty in the morning here. So typically, you find yourself having that debate with within your own mind of whether to get a nap in before the game or whether to go to bed super early then set an alarm mm. or just to power through and then just suffer the next day. Um, I find that neither option works. <laughs> I end up feeling horrendous regardless. <laughs> but if they win, then that kind of gets you through the day. Like I remember the Broncos game from last year, which finished at like 5.40 or a.m. Oh, and I had to be in work for half seven the next day. And I stayed up the whole I could, way. I could handle those games. I, normally, I could handle those games. But when that one went into overtime, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to watch it. You couldn't not, could you? You couldn't go to bed after that, could you? No, of course. And you were such a high that you got through because we'd won. But I just dread to think how tough that day would have been had we lost that game. Yeah, exactly. It would have been the worst. It would have. It would have. But, you know, uh, I think the Broncos will remember that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that because uh, we've got loads to talk about yet. Um so we're going to kick off the, the draft special and it's it's actually going to be in the spirit of the draft, we're actually going to have a third instalment of Brad versus Dave, if it's even a contest. Um, so it's over to Quizmaster Tom with the new game this week. Hi guys, my name's Tom Childs and welcome <laughs> to this week's edition of Brad versus Dave, Jingle to be Decided. There will be a jingle by the end of the season, guys. Don't He's you? He's got worry. a bit of paper. He's yeah. pumping a bit of paper I, as well. I have, I have. This is what I get up to at work. Um, right. So this week's <laughs> game's fairly simple. Penalty shootout style quiz yet again. Um, I hope you've been paying attention on Sunday night football. Oh, Sunday night. Um, <laughs> because you know when the players come onto the field and they go, "Let's meet the Chiefs' starting offense," and you get, "Oh, Darren Reeves." Alabama, Birmingham, and he's like where they name their college afterwards. I'm going to give you some Chiefs players. You have to tell me what college they went to. Oh my god! <laughs> which which one of you's feeling confident? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, but now I've just got the feeling that you've probably picked like. The five most obscure players on the Chiefs roster. Oh come on! I I, I object. Me. I object. Well, we'll see. And you're gonna give like Tom, like Alex, uh, Brad, like Alex Smith and Travis Kelsey, and it's just gonna be like, okay. <laughs> well, we'll let Brad go first. I'm either gonna give you one or a number of players that all went it, to the I same. How many we getting? Five each. Five each. Yeah. So there's um, 
I, I probably know, only know about five. So I'm going to give you a group of players, <laughs> or just one individual player. You have to tell me which college they went to, okay? But they all go to, they all go to the same one, if you know what I mean. So, okay. Brad, your first okay, one. Yeah. Brad, your first one is yeah. Parker Einger and Travis Kelsey. Oh. Uh, oh, Kelsey was... I don't know. LSU? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he went to um, Cincinnati. The University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So. Cincinnati. Oh, right. Nipois for you. Dave? Yes. <laughs> Benny Logan and <laughs> Spencer Ware. LSU? LSU, <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> One nil today. Oh, come on. You got the questions the wrong way around here. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> D Ford. Oh, D Ford. Hang on now. I watched him when he got drafted. Uh, is he? I don't know the college name. Is it? I want to say Bowburn. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that's not a very college. close. That's a so place very close. Uh, I, I think we're gonna. It's something like that anyway. It's something like Bowburn or something. Take the B off the front and. Yeah, correct. Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. All oh, right. So we're going to give. So I get a, a, I'm going to give you a point. half a point. The first ever. Yes. Half a point. Okay. Okay. Better than last week. Okay. Right. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Auburn. That's like a place around here as well. Auburn. Right. Anyway. Dave. Yeah. Ron Parker. Oh, that is a tough one. Um. I just on, gonna Dave. pull Fancy a random one out of the hat and go Michigan. No, it was Newbury. Where? <laughs> Newbury College. Newbury. It's wanna say a div div one A or div two, I think. I don't know. I've got the sheet of paper in front of me, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Alright, so Obscure so place. It's one to half in favour of Dave. Right, you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready Come on, give me a cornerback. Come on, give me a cornerback. Justin Houston, <laughs> Rameek Wilson, or and Chris Conley. Oh, hang on. Um, Conley was from... I've seen a lot of his videos. Is it Georgia or something? Yeah, you got one right. It is. I wasn't George, is it? <laughs> I wasn't yeah. expecting you to get one right. You know I'm not going to lie. I know it, when I've, I know it when, I've, when I've seen them in the draft. I know it. <laughs> So, so, I mean, I'm, I like how you got it off Conley and not Houston. Yeah, it was off Conley. Uh, knowledge, <laughs> right. Knowledge. So it's one to one and a half. Nice, easy one for am you. I, am I leading? Am I leading? Yes, you are. One yeah. nice, easy one for yes. you, Dave. Terrence Mitchell, DeAnthony Thomas. Oregon. Yeah, two to oh, one and a half. God. So I right, had three questions each. You ready? You ready, Brad? Yeah. Tampa Harley. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Tamba Harley. Is there nobody else from the from a different from the same college? Yeah, um, Ross Travis as well. No, nah, I'm not going to get that. Penn State, Dave. Penn State, oh. Dave. Yep, my mate Cairo. I Cairo Santos. He went to. Did he play New Orleans? Is it Tulane? Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge. 
So see, knowledge is power in this game. Knowledge isn't it? is power. Tulane knew. So yeah. Um, if I just add that up, I think you've won already, Dave. You have. Yeah, but let's do the last you two. Have. I want. I want. So that's three. Let's go. No, no, no. Is it not two, two and one and a half, or is it three? No, it's three now. No, it's three. Three. Ah. We'll do the last ones anyway. You ready? Go on then. Brad. We'll just th- throw an answer yeah. in here. Eric Fisher and Frank Zombo. Eric Fisher was nice, easy one. Uh, I wanna say Minnesota. Mm, no, no, no. Central Michigan. Ah, oh. my man knows. And then the last one for you, um, Dave, would have been Charkandrick West. Oh, Abilene Christian. Yeah, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge is power. And power is exactly <laughs> what you've got at the moment, Dave, because you now lead Brad versus two Dave. One. Jingle to be decided. Two it's one. Two one now. Yes, he does. Yep. He does lead. I picked too soon. Order has been restored. <laughs> <laughs> Such a swap, Dave. Yet again, guys, if you um <laughs> if you've got them all, let us know. If you've got more than Brad. It's not hard, but let us know. It's not hard, no. It's not, <laughs> um, it's not difficult, is it? Yeah, keep sending your scores in. But um, no, there's not one cornerback on that. I've no. got, I've got to make a complaint. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a cornerback. No, you tell me what college you don't. went to. <laughs> Philip Gaines. Uh, I know that one. Philip Gaines was. Uh, you have it with your curry. Nah. <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> rice. 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 Yeah, rice. <laughs> uh, what about? Steve Nelson. Steve Nelson? Ah, I don't know Steve Nelson. You just said, give me a cornerback. Have you given me <laughs> two of our cornerbacks and you've been <laughs> unable to name the college of either Oregon like, State? Give me a cornerback named uh, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters, there we go. <laughs> I, knew what, I knew what you were alluding to. I just thought it'd be funnier not to name that one because I knew that's the one you'd try to guess. Is he Washington? <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, yes, yeah. Well done, Brad. Well done. Well done, yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. Right, okay. Thanks for that, Tom. Thanks for your time on making those, mate. Thanks for making me look like a real numpty. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that you couldn't even get Eric Fisher, man. I mean, <laughs> Eric Fisher, I know. I know. What did I say, Minnesota? Yeah, he did, yeah. I stand up north. By that. I stand by that. Stand by it's that. up north, just the wrong bit of the up north. <laughs> It, was, it started with an M, didn't it? No, Central Michigan. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, on to the main reason. Uh, it's the draft special. If uh, there are any of our listeners that are new to the whole NFL draft thing um, and don't quite understand what all the fuss is about, your Uncle Tom is here to give you a quick guide on why this is a huge event for every NFL team and what the process is. Tom... See, I don't like that this has been pied off on me. <laughs> this has been back and forth. This, yeah, isn't it? we not. So, I never just, once agreed to doing this bit. <laughs> I, I've <laughs> like everyone slates Neil Reynolds on Skype because he's the one that kind of has to dumb down everything on Sky Sports coverage for the new, the new fan. Anyways, the draft. Anyways, <laughs> yes, the draft. Why, Sorry, guys. Why do? Why does the NFL do it? Uh, what's the process? Um, and basically, why is it better than? than just going out and buying a player, basically. It's a lot more exciting than the transfer window. There is for sure. The um, the football equivalent of the trans- transfer deadline day is exciting, but it's nowhere near as exciting as the NFL draft. Um, for, yeah. for the newbies, 
uh, to the sport. I'll go for it very quickly. Um, the NFL likes to be um, parity is its its key. It's what it likes to sell itself on is the fact that every team stands a chance to hold any given Sunday. So the way the NFL draft works is that um, the team from the low, the team that finished with the worst record of from last year will get the first pick of all the college players entering the 2017 draft this is the way that they become professional or the the best ones certainly do and basically they have a one night or three day extravaganza where they will take it in turns to pick players starting with the cleveland browns this year all the way through to the new england patriots who should have been the number number 32 but aren't and then they will do seven rounds of this and go through and pick players, pick more players, pick some more players. Some of these players will become professional. Some of these players will become Hall of Famers. Others won't make the league by September and be out of a job. Uh, some might just hang around and eventually get their chance in a few years' time. I think that's yeah. the most simplistic way of explaining it. And that was very very simplistic <laughs> the way i look at it the nfl draft is i like i prefer it better than um than obviously the current transfer windows that you have in in premier league football yeah um where you could actually have in the draft uh you could have like coventry city selecting ronaldo that kind of thing yeah on, just picking them you know what i mean <laughs> that's 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 about as dumbed down as i can put it as a book so they they can actually get the best player going into the new season yeah, it's it's all about making every team better to increase um, competition, out, competition in the league yeah. and make it as competitive as possible. If you really yeah. want to capture what the draft is about, watch a film which is the most unrealistic ever and go and check out <laughs> Draft Day with Kevin Costner. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. With Kevin yeah. Costner, where he plays the GM of the Browns. And, Please don't. And he he <laughs> plays the most spectacular hand you could ever imagine, and he bullies the young Jaguars GM into dra- trading. Ah, oh, Seattle, guy. wasn't it? Oh, was it Seattle? Even better. Yeah, we hate Seattle. Dreadful. Yeah. Absolutely dreadful. We've got like the most unrealistic trade you've ever seen in your entire life. For the purist like Dave, <laughs> it's a diabolical film. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm not For me lie. and Tom, we really I mean, enjoyed I, it. I, I love a good football <laughs> film as much as the next guy. But wow, that is, it is dreadful. I mean, it's almost like so bad it's good, kind of, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But yeah. Do you know, my my missus absolutely loved it. Like, she, um, she, we watched it two years ago, I think it was. And, um, or it might have even been last year thinking about it. And, she was like, oh, "Is this what happens?" I was like, "No, no, <laughs> just, <laughs> just no. Nothing like this has ever happened, and nothing like this will ever happen." I, but I suppose if you're looking at it from a process kind of thing, it's probably good for if you if you're new to the draft, it's probably good to watch something like that because it does, yeah, it does give you a bit of an idea, doesn't it, of yeah. how it, how it all works. It's just Robin Hood playing Brown's GM, isn't it? That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing from the rich to give to the poor. The poor being the Cleveland Browns. He's he's great. I never thought of it like that. Anyway, um, let's move on with the... uh, Let's get into it anyway. Let's get into the the main reason why we're here. Um, How will the Chiefs approach this draft? Are they going to sit tight? Are they going to move up? Or are they going to just collect more draft picks like they did last year? Be shocked if they didn't move up. Do you, will it be the first round, though? 
I don't think yes. it will be. That's the only place you would move up, I think. Doesn't like if there's a guy that they've they really want and they think he may be gone before mm. the twenty seventh pick, I think there's a very good chance that the Chiefs because the Chiefs have got the ammunition to to move up into probably somewhere in the mid teens, I would have thought. So yeah. There's a chance if they think a guy is gonna be gone before they pick that they definitely will move up, I think. And also, they've got 10 draft picks. 10 rookies aren't making this team. So, why well, draft 10 guys when, you know, you're probably going to be cutting three or four of them at yeah. the end of it anyway. So. Well, you mentioned before, didn't you, that um, you can actually now trade your compensatory uh, draft yeah. picks. That's correct. Um, so, th- I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of activity in this draft this year. Because a lot of teams will be wanting to use those. Well, teams have got more ammunition because yeah. now they can trade those those comp picks. So yeah, the Chiefs have got two third rounders there. They can they can trade if they if they want to move up in the first, um, or you know package something like a second or a third if if they wanted to move up in the second round somewhere mm-hmm. if they thought there was a guy that they really liked again. So, but yeah, I'd I'd only imagine. You'll see some late round trades, but they don't really usually matter too much. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you're not really looking for your your starters and your star players that so it's late not, in the draft. It's not in the Chiefs' interest to get more draft picks like they did last year. No, it'd be pointless. Totally pointless. pointless. Totally pointless. Yeah, I, I, we don't we don't have the space on the roster to accommodate that many rookies. So unless you're trying to stockpile for future drafts but the position the Chiefs are in now you know I'm not saying they're going to be in a win now mentality but they certainly have got to be looking you know to add players who can come in and start yeah, sooner rather than later. And you have to look mm-hmm. at last year's um, Brad a little bit different. Remember, we had picks taken off us last year. I think we only had six picks to start off with, so yeah. we needed to trade back um, to acquire those picks to add to the add to the um, roster, and it worked out quite well. We traded back what ten, eleven spots. We got two extra picks for it, and then we still managed to get Chris Jones, who was a first round talent anyway. Um, yeah. This year, I can see the Chiefs really going for this draft even to the point where they will trade maybe not necessarily a, a future first rounder but certainly future second and third rounders they've they've done it before to get hold of Alex Smith um they traded two first, two second rounders for that for that pick so i do see a situation where especially if the quarterbacks start to fall um early then i can see a situation where the chiefs might if they have fallen in love with a guy to trade up and go and get them for sure Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, th- with that in mind, what positions do you think the Chiefs will need to address first? First? Uh, I mean... Yeah. So let's say the first round for for now. I mean, what's, what's the main need? Looking at the... Yeah. Looking at the, the strength of this draft at the minute, would you I mean, go QB? It's hard to say, because that's probably not the Chiefs' biggest need right now. Mm. But... You know, as history has shown, drafting a QB out of side of the first round, you, you're pretty much taking a shot in the dark. Maybe second rounder, yeah, maybe you've got more of a chance. But outside of those first two rounds, QBs 
very rarely you get anything. So if you are thinking QB, yeah, that's not going to be like a right now mm. thing for them, but it's where you have to go if you wanted to take one of the best quarterbacks available. Um, there's certainly more pressing needs, but yeah, it's about getting that that guy, I guess, is the, the mentality yeah. behind that. I just think how nice it would be to be in a position which a lot of teams have been in for so long when you think about the Packers, the Steelers, the Chargers, the Saints, the Giants, Patriots, where they've had their quarterback set for so long now. For, for the last mm. 10, 12 years, they've been able to disregard the quarterback position in the draft entirely. They might pick up a late a late rounder as a backup every now and then, but in general, they can ignore the quarterback and there's no quarterback chat with them ever. And I really, really want the Chiefs to be in that position um, where we can get our guy and have him for the next 10 to 15 years and be our quarterback of the future. And I think that's what pretty much what every single Chiefs fan is craving, a quarterback of our own that we've drafted and will be a Chiefs Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, we had a, we had a question actually from uh, Henry Reyes uh, on Twitter. Uh, basically saying, um, will the Chiefs draft a QB? If so, how how high will they go for one? And I think Dave mentioned it before. I mean, you're looking around about the teens, aren't you, really, to get uh, a decent QB in this draft, I think. It, honestly, it, it depends draft to draft. Like, you know, some years there's a massive premium on quarterbacks and, you know, you see guys you didn't expect to see go as early as they do go way earlier and mm. then like think the year Derek Carr got drafted or Teddy Bridgewater you know those two guys fell probably further than I think a lot of people thought they were going to Yeah. so it's hard to predict prior because it is one of those it's like right now if you've told me yes I probably would if, if you're looking at one of the top three guys so if you're looking at one of Mahomes Trubisky or Watson you're for me I think you probably you definitely want to get ahead of Houston, mm-hmm. almost definitely, and and imagining you wanting to get not too far after Arizona, because I would have thought two quarterbacks will probably be off the board by the time Arizona's gone. Yeah, they're so, definitely looking for one now, aren't they? Yeah, well, the Texans. But definitely then are. that would that's what I would say now. But then, as I say, come draft day, you could get past both of those teams and. There's still every single quarterback's on the board. It, mm. you, you never quite know. You're never quite sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, the the news we've had recently of um, Chiefs have actually released Jay Howard. Um, with that release, will that alter the way the Chiefs will draft this year? I tough or will, one. Or will it just? Yeah, I would say it, it was surprising. It was all QBs before, wasn't it? <laughs> well. Obviously, they have they clearly have a lot of confidence in uh, Chris Jones if if they're they're comfortable releasing Jay Howard. Um, you know, obviously we've got Benny Logan in now. He's going to be the starting nose tackle. Um, that was a and, big, that was a big cut though, wasn't it? Jay yeah, I mean we've got Alan Bailey, we've got uh, Nunez Rochez, um, Jenkins so King, Reyes. yeah, Jenkins King. There's there's guys there and they all performed well. 
without Howard there. And, I mean, a bit surprising, but obviously I don't think it's going to affect uh, the Chiefs draft too much. Yeah. Because I I don't think they would have done it if they weren't comfortable with the guys they had on the the roster um, now prior to the draft. It would have been too much of a gamble had they not got yeah, hold you, of Yeah, you dip. never know who's going to be where come draft day. You can't release a guy assuming you're going to draft another guy. So, yeah, because I'm sure the Chiefs have gone into drafts previously thinking, yeah, we'd like to get a guy at this position, but stuff just doesn't fall that way. So, yeah, I'm, I feel pretty confident in saying that I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are comfortable with who they have to be doing something like that. It's strange to think, isn't it, that a year like last season, Dontari, Poe, Alan Bailey and Jay Howard were was our D line, our starting D line. And yeah, yeah. and now we are hit now we are on the eve of the draft and there's no Dontari Poe anymore and no Jay Howard. Alan Bailey stuck around. Um but yeah, we're going yeah. into into the new season with two out of three of our starting um our starting Yeah, D-line. if you'd have told me this this time last year we we'd have lost Poe and we'd have lost Jay Howard and you'd actually be feeling pretty okay about it. I'd have probably laughed in your face. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird how things work out like that sometimes. Yeah, big players, big players those, aren't they? Um so obviously we know who who could potentially be the number one pick on all of this. Um is it Miles Garrett, is it? Yes, from uh, Texas AM. Yeah. Um who would be your hot picks? If you if if if, if you had a choice of three that you would want to go for. As the Chiefs? As the Chiefs. What, so who would be your hot picks? Who would you really, really like to go for? Realistic, are, we, are we talking realistically that they could fall to 27? Or are we saying um, if the Chiefs were near the top of the draft, this is the player that we'd want? Um, say if we moved up. Okay. Say, if, you know, say if we decided to move up and use some of our draft picks. Okay, um, I like Fournette, the running back. Um, Fournette, yeah, he's he's a man mountain, isn't he? Like, did you see when he ran ran the combine? He ran, I can't remember, it was like a four four something, but he was injured as well, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he's just a big old old school type of running back, built like a brick shit house. Excuse my French, and <laughs> can run fast. So. Similar to, like, I suppose what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago with old Christian Okoye, maybe in that sort mm. of mould. Yeah, I'd, I'd love for us to, to get him if, if that was possible. Because um, I do see running yeah. back as a position of need as well. You see, I'm going to go with a different running back and say Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Like, I thought there was a chance he initially, prior to the, the pre-draft process, I thought there was a realistic chance he could be on the board come the Chiefs. The, you know the time the Chiefs were picking, hmm. but um, with all the pre-draft process, he's moved himself quite a way up the board, and even I think someone as high as Carolina looked like a a reasonable landing spot for him now. So yeah, he's certainly a guy I would have loved the Chiefs to have been able to draft. He's isn't he the one that turned down the private workouts? Is that the guy? I do not know. I'm not sure. Um, for me, he's just a, he can do it all though. He's he's you know he can run between the tackles. 
he's good in space. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can line up in the slot if you need him to. He returns kicks. He returns punts. Like the guy's just a threat anywhere on the field. And you know, give Andy Reid a guy like that, and you know, you you pair him with someone like Spencer Ware, who's you know more of that bruising runner. And I think you'd you'd have a you know a strong one-two punch as well as a a weapon elsewhere yeah. on the field as well. I said to Tom before before we went live on this is uh, he, that that Christian McCaffrey's like a, a, a white Jamal Charles, and he the way the way he got, like goes past players, jukes past them, and that kind of thing. Yeah, he's, well, and he's got I the mean, speed as well. Yeah, I, I, I say his is one of those positions, like because he is a white running back. You know, I've seen a few people comparing him to like Danny Woodhead, and he's like he's far and away a much more complete running back than Danny Woodhead is, you know, they, they're only making those comparisons because they're both white running backs. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think people are giving him quite enough credit um, for like, you know, the total all round player that he actually is. Yeah. Can I just probably... stop you there? Sorry. Yeah, go on. I'm just go. I'm on the NFL.com website and whatnot. And it's a player that's kind of gone under the radar that I've not noticed. And it's actually yourself, Dave. There's there's a player called D. Dot Barnett. That's when did Derek you, Barnett. When, from when did Tennessee. you declare for the draft? Unfortunately, <laughs> that is not me, um, because I you slight bugger. Not, um, a pass rusher. I am not black, and I did not go to college at Tennessee. So it's definitely not me. <laughs> it's definitely not you, is it not? Oh, that's a, <laughs> D. Our, Barnett. Our our podcast is about to come famous, but you know, never mind. <laughs> they also pronounce my surname completely wrong, but let's not go into that for today. Barnett, is it? You, no, it's Barnett, but they pronounce it Barnett. Yeah, yeah. It's Barnett. Weird. Yeah, it sounds more American that way, doesn't it? So yeah, as uh, well for next week. <laughs> I would. I think one of my hot picks probably not. Probably not what I would like to go for, but I would say. Um, QB Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Um, I when I've watched him before. I mean, I, obviously, I've done a, I've, I've done quite a bit of research, lads. Can you believe it? Um, <laughs> watching him, I thought he looks a bit like Drew Brees. The way the way he dances around in the pocket a bit. You love Drew Brees, didn't you? I do love I do love Drew Brees. <laughs> You've um, got a proper man crush there, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. So Any the guy excuse. that loves Tony Romo. <laughs> but at least, at least Tony Romo is a good-looking dude. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but just just looking at Trubisky's style, it's 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 such a fluid throwing style. It's almost effortless. Um, I don't know. I just. I, I, when I watched him, I thought I instantly thought he looks a bit like Drew Brees. This is from somebody who has never really watched college football or anything like that, anyway. But yeah, I just yeah. look at it and I think, yeah, he looks like such a player. Or you know, I'm not I'm not one of these that goes into, oh, he's got uh, massive arm strength or amazing reach or amazing accuracy, that kind of thing. I just look at him and go, yeah, he looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I that's how I assess Fair them. Enough. Fair um, enough. So I would, I would think if we went for anybody, it would be Trubisky. But I think, Tom, you mentioned a different one, didn't you, for QB? Yeah, I, well, I love Tom's man crush. Yeah, my other QB crush, which is obviously a college player, is um, Patrick Mahomes. I do, do. You know what? With him, I think there is so much boom or bust potential. 
that he could we could draft him and he could be horrendous interceptions like Blake Bortles like of la- early last season that that sort of level but at the same time with good coaching with Andy Reid and sitting behind a guy like Alex Smith where you can learn to protect the ball a little bit more and with the cannon that he's got this guy could be legit like a serious superstar in this league um, he has all the tools to do it I just think he needs to be coached a little bit better in the next couple of years there's no way he can start this season um, I would be worried about him starting the year after but let him sit for a couple of years similar to like how Aaron Rodgers did when Brett Favre was handing over the reins then just just sit and learn and then this guy could really it could be a really good player in this league, I'd, I don't. I'd love to hear your guys' opinions on him because a lot of people talk about him and a lot of people write him off. But I'm in the excited camp when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, there's a lot to get excited about talent-wise, and yeah, he's one of. You always have the, a knock on guys like that. Come on, you know, because he's he's coming out of a college like Texas Tech where they run that spread super spread offense where he's throwing the ball you know 50 odd times a game and it's you know he's not taking snaps from under center and stuff like that and you always get worries over guys like that whether that will translate to the nfl but yeah he has got so much arm talent it it's hard to you know not look at him and go he could be really really special um, if he puts it all together, he's got potential to be a really great player. It's just whether he, he you know, I think it, quarterbacks especially, it's like it, it depends so much early in your career, the coach and the environment that you're around. There's a reason all these quarterbacks fail in Cleveland, and I don't. It's not necessarily because the bad quarterbacks because of that environment and because they get you know the poor coaching they're getting pushed in too quickly mm. you know um as soon as they're drafted they're in the in the team yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a reason these guys are getting drafted high you know they've got talent so yeah i think for a, especially for guys like mahomes where yeah that there, there is going to be a transitional period um it is so crucial who that that coach and that environment and the players that they're learning from early on in their career. I think it makes such a massive difference for them when it comes to them finally taking the reins over. Mm-hmm. So do you think Kansas City would be a good fit for him? Oh yeah, I it's a great fit for him. Um <laughs> Sorry. Um yeah, you know, a coach like Reed um sitting behind a guy like Smith who I say, is almost the polar opposite quarterback to Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is the prototypical gunslinger with a big arm who was not afraid to take shots downfield and will throw it into tight windows against a super accurate, safe, short, intermediate guy like Alex Smith, the, the polar opposite. So... You think there's probably quite a fair bit that Mahomes could learn. So, yeah, for me, it seems like a perfect fit. But, I, yeah, I, I just I think he's going to be gone 
before the Chiefs have a, a realistic chance could at, be gone early, drafting yeah. him. Yeah, I, I think he... I'd be shocked if he's still on the board by the time the cards... But, well, after the card Cardinal to pick, if he's not gone by the line, I'd be shocked and I would be trying to figure out a way to, to get up the board to take him. Can you see a, the case? Can you see a scenario where if the Chiefs like him that much that they give up a future first rounder for him? <sighs> That's tough. I you'd never really want to give up first rounders, but <sighs> yeah, it's. I say it, I think it depends on a... how high they are themselves. I suppose. Yeah, exactly. What they. They clearly like the guy because they have they've had him in for a visit in KC. It's just is this the year they're willing to go all out for it? It's gonna happen soon. It has to happen soon. Smith's mm. um only got two years left on his contract. So you need to be this needs to be in the the mindset, I think, of the Chiefs soon is you need this quarterback of the future. Is this the year? If is this is the year and this is the guy they really like then by all means go for it if you really think this is the guy that can lead this this franchise for the next 15 years yeah of course i would say give up a first and an additional first round pick but Mm -hmm. it's so tough you 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 can never be certain with first round quarterbacks ever yeah who out of every one of them who would be your draft crush? I know we've I know we've got some favourites out there that we just think it might not go in the first, but we just look at them and think they're gonna be stars. They're gonna be big stars. Um I know Tom's already mentioned Mahomes. Um but what about you, Dave? Who's your who's your draft crush? Um this is one you two guys may not have heard of, but a guy called Gerald Everett. Uh, he's a tight yeah, end out of right. South I've Alabama, never heard of him. <laughs> never heard and of him. I think he's gonna be a steal for some team in the third round, and I think he has the potential to be the next superstar tight end. Like, there's all the talk of OJ Howard is like the premier tight end in this draft, but for me, Gerald Everett is this this guy. He's coming from a smaller college. And I think he might end up being a steal. You know, like how we got Kelsey in the third round. Yeah. I think this he could be like this sort of guy. And, you know, I think the Chiefs are looking for an, a, another tight end. We don't really, you know, we we got Harris, but there's a lot of drops there. Inconsistent play. O'Shaughnessy, again, inconsistent, had some injuries. We don't really have that. You know, because of the type of offense that Reed runs, there's a lot of multiple tight end sets and stuff like that. Mm. Smith loves throwing to tight ends. It'd be nice to see a guy opposite Kelsey take the pressure off him a little bit and also another, you know, matchup nightmare for teams. He's a guy that I I really like and I think he's going to be a, a, a really good player in a couple of years' time. Praise indeed. <laughs> Praise indeed from Dave. Um, I've mentioned mine before, actually. I, 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 I keep watching the guy, actually, ever since I uh, stumbled across him. Um, it's uh, Hassan Reddick. 
I mentioned him in the previous podcast, and um, I've looked, I've delved into him a bit more since then. Um, and he's just, he's just a run stuffer. He's brilliant. Um, he can hit. Uh, but the, the, his most important aspect to his game, I think, is uh, he reads the players very well. And it's almost like once the player's been, once the snap, the ball's been snapped, he's almost on the quarterback straight away. Um, so I, I think he can actually play edge as well. Um, from what I've seen, what I've seen of you know of his videos, so he's definitely my draft crush. I, I honestly think the Chiefs could be looking at him. I really do. Well, if the Chiefs decide to go linebacker in the first round, do you think that's when they could? Go? Well, I when I did that uh, that mock draft, I went with him first uh, in the first round. I didn't move up either for him, um, and then I went QB in the second, but. If it's still the way around, I'd still be happy. <laughs> I'd still be happy. I think the Chiefs are in a position now where um, they've either got to they've got two options. They can fill a position of need to make them better today, or they can go for their quarterback of the future. I, I if in my for my money, I think they go yeah. either quarterback, running back, inside linebacker, or cornerback. Outside of those, I genuinely don't see them going any other position than those than those four. Mm. Um, I would be happy with any of them, if I'm being honest. Um, I obviously yeah. they, they know the guys, but as long as they go for one of those four positions with their first round pick, then I think everyone doesn't matter who you are um, will be happy. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty much in agreement with you there. Um, yeah, inside linebacker, I think there's guys you can probably get in the second, third round that maybe don't need to use your first round pick on one. But I I do think with our first four picks, if we were to go running back QB corner um, inside linebacker, I would not be shocked. But Dorsey consistently preaches best player available. Now, just doesn't he? Yeah, best player available. He consistently preaches that, but you know the Chiefs are in a position now where we are probably what one or two guys away from a Super Bowl. You would like to think. So it, it's like, do you abandon that a little bit and think, right, okay, we've got this guy. He's top of our board right now. This guy's a couple of you know three or four places lower on our board but he's a much bigger need for him. Do we really think Dorsey goes best player available? Or do you think he goes, uh, this probably a better fit for us right now? It's hard to say. Mm. He, do- he does it and then lies about his draft board after in the post-press conference afterwards. I th- I, I, yeah. I think he's going to attack it. Yeah, so do I. I think this is the year, this is the year he's going to attack it, isn't it? He's, he's, he's built up the, the, the picks that he needs. And I don't even think he's signed an extension yet, has he? Dorsey? No, yeah, he will. There's, he will. there's lots of talk of it being in the works for sure, though. Yeah, I hope we keep him because I just feel confident when he's when he's, you know, when he's picking. Oh the yeah, players. give give me uh, give me Dorsey and Reed for many years to come, please. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly um, over. Just certainly over well, Cornell and um, yeah. Pioli. Sure. Oh yes, any day of the week. <laughs> I mean, I, I I like Cornell as a defensive coordinator. And as a as a person, I like Cronell, but as a head coach, yeah, not 
was not enamoured with him, really. Um, also, talk of possible first-rounders. A guy we haven't mentioned yet, Dalvin Cook from Florida yes. State. With talk of running back, I know we mentioned a couple of the others before, um, McCaffrey and Fournette, who will most definitely be off the board. Um this is a guy that might well be available come the Chiefs pick. And I think he's going to be a really hard guy to pass on for yeah. the Chiefs if he is there at 27. I was watching him before we went on this and I thought, my God, that guy, he, he doesn't have stiff arm well, doesn't he? Yeah. He just brushes he's, players off. He's he's a heck of a player. Um, uh, uh, and it's definitely the running game was a was a weakness um, last year when it's traditionally been a very big strength for for the Chiefs. So mm. I certainly think they'll have an eye on a guy or two. And yeah, as I say, if he is there at 27, I think there are going to be some serious questions going on in that in that Chiefs draft room. He's a different type of player from McCaffrey, though, isn't he? Because he he's more he's more of a I think he's more of a kind of heavy presence. He's uh, he's got the stiff arm down to a T. He, I mean, he's just. I mean, he's certainly not a guy you're going to flex out and play in the slot, and he's not going to return punts no. and kicks. But he's certainly but no it's, slouch it's, it's, catching out the backfield, and he's yeah. probably. I say he's probably what you'd look at as more of a prototypical, you know, every down running back. Um, it's yards after contact as well that's the big thing because he can get hit but he carries on going yeah I, I say he's if we were to draft him I'd be delighted I think he's a very, a very yeah. good player um, but yeah it's just I'll throw a hypothetical question out there for you both say you have Mahomes and Dalvin Cook both sat there at 27, I know this is unlikely, but say they're both yeah. sat there at 27, where do you go? Well, it's a tough one, because Cook makes you better today, makes you better for this season, and gives Alex Smith his chance and Andy Reid his chance to take you to a Super Bowl, um, because we all know that running backs can do that for you, you get a good run game, it's half the battle in terms of offence. Yeah. But then you've got Patrick Mahomes and everything I was saying 10 minutes ago about yeah. him and saying quarterback of the future. Um, am I in, am, do I feel the Chiefs are in a win-now mode? No, the roster's young enough for us not to be. So I go Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. It's, like, it's basically asking, do you want to be Leicester City of last season or do you want to be Spurs? Do you want to win? <laughs> it's, that's basically it. Do you want to win it, win it once? And then settle afterwards for mediocrity, or do you want to be stable and have that to build on in the future? So Mahomes being Spurs, Cook being Leicester. But I mean, what's I would... to say that what's to say that you become Leicester afterwards? I mean, if you... there's a very strong <laughs> crop of quarterbacks coming out next year. Okay, but if you don't um, if you yeah. don't manage to get that guy in the future, and then Mahomes turns out to be a Hall of Famer, then you're like, oh, what do I do? Ah, sorry, I'll turn to be Leicester. I hate Spurs. Yeah, give me Cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah cook. give me Cook. 
I do you know what I probably could have gone would have gone Cook there really? as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think pretty much from everything what Tom covered there, if if it means that one guy gets a, even if he just has one season and we win that we have a Super Bowl after that after that season. Um, yeah, give me that any day. Yeah, um, and also, I'm not totally against it because there's a guy I like that is likely to be there in the second round. I'll say likely because who knows with quarterbacks and the runs that go. Um, but Nathan Peterman, the quarterback from Pitt, he wasn't on people's radars really coming into this season. He originally was at Tennessee, was awful at Tennessee. Uh, he graduated from Tennessee and transferred to Pitt. And then last season, he was exceptional. Um, Is he the guy that's been compared to Dak Prescott a little bit? I don't know. I haven't. No, is that not is that not Kaiser? Deshaun Kaiser. Possibly. I, know, but, um, I know so little about college football. I'm not going to lie. I, I know... I know enough round draft time, but I I need but to start learning to watch him. I need to watch. Basically, Peterman has led Pitt. I think they've won ten games this year, um, and they average something like forty three points a game or something. It's the the high the high scoring offense Pitt have had since Larry Fitz was there. I think pretty much uh, he's totally turned that team around. He's impressed a lot of people in the pre draft process as well. He was very impressive at the Senior Bowl. Um, they think he's a lot more developed in terms of, you know, football brain and reading defenses than some of the other guys that might go before him. Yes, he doesn't have a cannon arm, but he's accurate. And as I say, he's a smart player. You know, if we can get a a, a, a guy a position of need in the first round and we got this guy in the second round I almost think that's the best of both worlds because you've got that mm. guy you can develop there as well as also having that player that you can slot in that star player that you can slot in right away and go right this is a guy we want to perform for us straight away do you know I'm just looking through the list now of of Chiefs um, first round picks and there's not Dreadful, isn't it? There's not an awful lot. Dreadful. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, some of them on here, I mean, God. Tyson Jackson? Yeah. He wasn't very Not good. a very good draft, Jonathan Baldwin? Not a very good draft. John Baldwin was one, awesome, one was of it? the worst. Yeah, that was, that was um, terrible. Ways in. Well, that, that leads us on to the next one. What's been our most underwhelming pick? Right, my one, I'm probably going to get some stick for this, but... There is a reason for it, and it's not down to the individual himself. It's more down to the draft class itself. And, yeah, I know where you're going with this. I don't it, like it. It's <laughs> it's Eric Fisher, and he's a good player, and I like him as a left tackle, but it was such an underwhelming draft class that you have to say it was an underwhelming pick. It's the first time ever that we'd had the number one pick. It was Andy Reid, and it was John Dorsey coming in, and they could have had to be able to pick anyone else and if it was the year before they would have had to get Andrew Luck um, but we ended up with a left tackle who turned out to be the best of a very bad bunch to be fair to him but it was such a bad bunch and so for me the most underwhelming Chiefs draft pick of the last few years or so outside the obvious ones is 
Eric Fisher, and I feel dirty for saying it. And I, he went first. And I as almost well, want to he? go and cuddle him and tell him I'm sorry already because. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm gonna say a guy that we've already uh, has already been mentioned, um, Tyson Jackson. That yeah. was just tragic. It was sort of we were moving to a new scheme, and you know we were switching from the four three to the three four. So it was like a new scheme. We were trying to get guys to fit, but it's like with a third overall pick, man, you don't want to be getting a, a you know a a solid but unspectacular five tech yeah. defensive end. That is just just so underwhelming because it was like mm. everyone knew what he was coming out of college as well. It was like you weren't expecting you know fireworks from the guy, and we took him yeah. third overall. It was just, yeah, seeing some of the Terrible. seeing some of the guys in that draft, it was a bit sad to see us spend the third overall pick on him. Yeah, I'm torn between two at the minute. I don't know whether it's Jonathan Baldwin who we mentioned earlier or um, Glenn Dorsey. Yeah, I can't decide. You see, what the, th- the thing with Glenn Dorsey was what made that was the fact that we then switched the defense the year after. <laughs> so it was like we then had to force. <laughs> well, that was the thing we had to force the guy into a defense that he didn't really fit into. Yeah, and it was like it felt like a wasted pick just because of what went on after it more than anything. Although we hit the, the rest of that, we draft, hit the rest of the draft for sure. Yeah, With Brandon Albert, Jamal Charles, and Brandon Flowers. Like you can't, you can't exactly moan about the rest of that game. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like. We we had a pretty solid draft outside of that, so it was like, yeah, it was a sad to see that you know guy not really make the most of his talent, but um, yeah, with some of the guys we got out of that, it was uh, sort of made up for a little bit. I'll say that much. Whereas the Jackson year, it was just oh, sadness, sadness everywhere. Because I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Try, I Go genuinely can't think of anyone else we drafted that year. Literally, that is a draft of sadness, pure <laughs> sadness. I'm just looking through now. Uh, we didn't take anyone me? in the second round. Our third round pick was a defensive tackle called Alex McGee. Yeah, bet yeah. you've never heard of him. No. Yep. Fourth round pick, Donald Washington. Yeah, that went really well. Um, <laughs> fifth round pick, Colin Brown. Can you tell me what position he played? Fullback. Colin Brown. Offensive tackle. Yep. Oh, I see, Brown. see how well he's remembered. <laughs> um, Quinton Lawrence, that wide receiver. Oh, yeah, Quinton. You know. Oh, me and him yeah. went down the pub. And then... Jav- Did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Javaris Williams, running back in the seventh round. That's a solid name. Javaris. Do you want to know the? Uh, do you not want to know the one other pick in that draft that you'll remember? Um, Pope. I don't know. Nope. Ryan Suckup. Oh, Mister Irrelevant. Mister Irrelevant. Uh, Two five six. So our only other memorable that, pick outside of Tyson Jackson put us out. in that entire draft is the last pick. Mister Irrelevant. A himself. kicker. That shows you how sad that draft was for us. <laughs> Just a the guy sad... That put us out. I mean, it wasn't 
don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best draft, shall we say. But just to see that level of sadness throughout our entire draft is, yeah, is disappointing. I'll say that much. Do you know what? I'm just I'm just going through the uh, the, the first round draft picks, um, and it's I've, I actually shocked myself because I've gone right the way down into the sixties, right? And there's a player there in 1965. The Chiefs drafted. Gail Sayers. Yeah. I had no idea about that. It, it, well, yeah, I, I suppose there was two drafts then, wasn't there? It was the AFL, AFL and, and the NFL, yeah. AFL one. And he chose, he chose the wrong one, obviously. Um, right. So we've gone through all of that, but what's the plans for the draft, lads? What are you going to be doing? I'll be in bed. I am every year. Be in bed yeah, sleeping. Um, I don't normally watch the draft live because um, I... I want to go to work in a reasonably okay mood the next day so normally I record it and then avoid everyone and everything like my phone that's it I'm, I'm texting you know, between if, you and um, if you ruin it for me I will find you and I will kill you <laughs> 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 particular set of skills <laughs> and, uh, um, good luck yeah no um, I, I avoid everything <laughs> uh, my headphones will be in with my music from the moment I get up to the moment I get home and hit play on my Sky Plus um, that's what I've always done and I let my man Dave take over the Twitter feed and live tweet the whole extravaganza because we know he loves it yep I do love it it's fantastic <laughs> Uh, I will be watching the entire thing. Yeah, so I'll be watching every single pick as they come in. Um, I'm super excited. So join Dave on the uh, yeah on the Arrowheads Abroad Twitter page. Me and a few of my mates, my um, we're all getting together. We'll be having a few beers, ordering some greasy takeout food probably, <laughs> and sitting down and watching the. He's got to be. <laughs> He's going to be like Terry Wogan at the uh, Eurovision, isn't he? Just getting drunk. Uh, my mate. <laughs> more and more my, drunk. My, more and more abusive. Terry. Oh. <laughs> I think for the draft for me, I think I'll be, um, I'll probably watch the first few. Um, I, I don't think I can wait all the way down to pick 27 and then find out that Dorsey's hey, you might not have traded to. away a draft. <laughs> might not, not exactly. But I did it last year and uh, yeah, I was very disappointed that we, yeah, when we uh, traded out. selected him yeah. in the first round. Um, but it worked out well. Worked out well for us. So I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out actually to um, a guy on Twitter who is uh, I just know him as Corey. Um, it's at Corey O four, not zero four O four, um, and he's a he's an artist in Missouri. Not not Kansas. Um, not Kansas. No 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 Missouri, um, and. His artwork hangs up in most of the, well, a lot of the Chiefs' players' homes. Um, so he, you know, he sends them over to them at a training camp and that, and they take them home. Um, and he's actually done me the huge honour of actually putting, you know, my little Brit Chief caricature thing that I've got on my, uh, my Twitter page. Uh, he's actually put that caricature in his latest painting in the crowd. <laughs> So I'm actually in the crowd on this painting. Amazing. <laughs> I've asked him if I could buy the painting, but he's actually already promised it, I think. Um, but he's going to send me a print of it so I can hang it on the man cave. So that is 
if you haven't seen it, honestly, have a look. Um, it's Corey, C-O-R-E-Y-O-4. So it's at Corey04. Um, just have a look at it because it's it's brilliant. I'm I'm well chuffed with it. I can't wait to get the print. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm slightly jealous. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got a character, so I need, I, I need one. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's done it with other other Chase fans as well yes. that he knows. Um, and I'll I'll be honest, the the you know the these guys have been going to the games and all sorts of things. I'm I'm just a guy across the pond, yeah. you know. Um, but it's nice that he's he's added that um, that little Brit Chief character in there. It's brilliant. I'm I'm proud of it anyway. I'll uh, I'll give you a look at it if you want. Yeah, Tom. I'll, 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 check, I'll check it out. Can you sign Can you sign a copy for me, please, as well? <laughs> sign a copy. <laughs> oh, but thanks for that, Corey. Anyway, thanks. It's it's brilliant. I love it. Um, right. So that's it for this week's uh, 2017 draft special. We hope it's given you a taste of how we think the draft will pan out over the over the weekend. Um, we hope you enjoyed the show. Good luck to the Chiefs in the draft as well, and uh, hopefully you guys will pick the next Chiefs legend in this draft. Fingers crossed, we do. We need some uh, we need some good players in this one. Um, don't forget, guys, you can download future podcasts from the SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you hit that subscribe button, you will have the latest podcast appear as soon as it's uploaded. So thanks again to the lads, Tom and Dave. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> You're still there. <laughs> uh, and obviously, everybody who makes uh, Our Heads Abroad special. Uh, and thanks to you guys out there in Chiefs Kingdom for listening. Enjoy what you're doing in the draft, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. I don't know if you guys know that Eurovision is like my favourite night of the year. <laughs> and so, yeah, I really? have a Eurovision themed par- uh, party every year. Uh, well, this is depressing. <laughs> so, like, Terry Terry Wogan was a god and like Graham New- Norton's like the, the new god. So maybe we should do a, a Eurovision special. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Yeah, I think I'm washing my hair that night, I think. Yeah. Um, I think I'm washing my hair that night. Busy. Yeah. With stuff. <laughs>